This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Hi, dear listeners. Welcome to Parak Samachay, Chapter 65. I want to start off this parak by giving you um, a true accounting of something that happened to me. And I think that it could really, it really highlights and illustrates the point that I'm going to be bringing out of this parak, the main point. So about a little while back, maybe a year and a half ago, I moved into my new house, Baruch Hashem. And when I moved into my house, there was a bunch of things that I was like in the back of my mind wanting, but not really letting myself bring those desires forward in my mind because I knew there were so many expenses, there were so many things that needed to happen, there were so many necessities that it wasn't about like all these extras. Anyways, Baruch Hashem, I moved into my house and I'm sitting at my desk one day and I have this pad of paper on my desk and it was just like this fresh clean paper, nothing written on it yet and I looked at it and something inside of me said, make a list of all of your wishes. I don't know why, maybe because that's what I encourage all my listeners to do, to get in touch with that, their desires, because Hashem brings us what we want. So I said, you know, let me get, let me write a wish list. So instead of writing my usual things on that paper of things that I need to do today, I said, I'm writing a list of all of the things that I would love to have. Not that I must have them, but why not? Let me validate my wants, the things that I want. And on the top of the list, I wrote, uh piano because I had recently started taking piano lessons and I was loving it and I was seeing success with it and I was just you know that Casio that electric Casio wasn't doing it for me anymore and I was craving a delicious heaven piano to just sit down and get just take your mind away into dreamland and play music and I just wanted it so I wrote it down on the top of my list and in my head, it was like, okay, you know, who knows? You know, Hashem could do anything. Anyways, it was. It couldn't have been more than two days later that my mother came to for a visit. I don't remember if it was for a Shabbos meal or for what, but she was here, and we were all sitting around, her and me and the children, and we're sitting around the table, and she, out of the clear blue sky, said, Yal, you need a piano. I kid you not. And I was like right away remembering that I wrote it down on my list and I was just floored and in the best way possible and by the end of that week or the week after I had my beautiful piano in my living room and who knows you know when we when we allow ourselves to access our desires like I always say Hashem gives us what's in our heart and when we have the courage to tap into those desires and really recognize them and tap into the fact that Hashem is kol yachal and He's capable of doing anything, you never know what could happen. So it was just a great story that I'll never forget. Thank you, Mommy, for the beautiful piano. Um, And the lesson of it is that Hashem has infinite ways of bringing us the things that we want. So we could choose to get stuck in the illusion of things being finite and us only being able to have what we think makes sense for us to have or we could choose to believe that we can have anything that we want and in this parak basically what's going on is that we're going to see this idea we're going to 
zone in on this theme of abundance in our life because David here is praising Hashem for getting the Jews through a national disaster. They're coming out of a hunger and they, they have everything they need after a long time of not having what they needed. So in this parak, David speaks about, he praises Hashem, and he speaks about specifically the chesed and the gvura. He talks about the fact that not only is Hashem a person, not a person, not only is Hashem somebody who wants to do kindness for us, but also that he has the capability. You need both of them, the gvura. He has the might. He has the ability to perform miracles. Now, you need both of these things. Like... We all know of a, a rich person who's cheap, right? It's very nice that he has money. He has that gvura in a certain way, right? He has the ability and the means. But if he's not going to do anything about it because he doesn't have the chesed piece, then we're stuck, right? And the same goes true. Like a lot of people say, if only I had money, I would give to everyone, right? If you want to give and you have the chesed piece, but you don't have the means, then we're stuck too. But here David is saying in this parak that he's talking about examples of Hashem's might and how Hashem could do miracles and he does miracles that we can't even dream of doing as human beings and at the same time he is he is shomea tefillah he's he wants to be there for us and he wants to give us the things that we're wanting so at the end of this beautiful parak after we explain some of these beautiful um shows of hashem's might and chesed i'm going to give you tools of how to get your mindset out of a place of lack and scarcity because it may be it's probably there because of things that you've been lacking and you haven't been having in your life how to shift even though it's not in your life how can I still shift out of that scarcity mindset so that I can see things the way they really are so that I can see that Hashem really has gvura and chesed and he's wanting to bring me everything and when I get tap into that mindset then I open myself up to being a kli to being a receiver to being able to be receiving all the good things that I want so let's look at Perek Samachay, it says, Lam Natseach, Mizmar David, Shir. So he's giving a song to Hashem here. He's praising Hashem for ending the hunger. Pasuk Beit, Lachad Dumiyas Hila Elokim Betzion. He's saying here, Rashi explains, Lachad Dumiyas Hila. What's the Tehila? What's the praise that we give Hashem? Praise for Hashem. Real praise can only be silence. Because any words that we, dumia is silence, any words that we offer Hashem to praise Him, words are finite. How can we use finite words to praise the infinite goodness and kindness of our Creator? It's impossible. And He's saying here, Elokim B'Tzion, even in Zion by the Beis HaMikdash, where the Leviim are singing Hashem's praises, even there, ultimately, it's the dumia, it's the silence, that's really the only thing that could be the Tzihila, the praise. Now, my interpretation of this is not that silence means like a passivity of like not noticing or not caring or not saying anything. The silence that I see here is the ability to silence our minds. Because when we want something so badly in life and we want a shidduch or we want money or we need help, or, right, our minds are constantly racing. What more could I do? What, how can I get this? I mean, they, the desperation and the feelings of neediness make the mind very like loud. It, it, it's, it's loud. It's busy. It's not at peace. So the ultimate praise, the ultimate sihila that we could give Hashem 
is letting our minds be at ease, is relaxing and feeling content and surrendered, knowing that once we tell him what we want, he's taking care of it. And he's going to show us what the next best step to do is. And so my interpretation here is that it's the silence of the mind. It's the menuchas hanefesh that we walk around with, even in situations that seem impossible. That's the ultimate praise that we could offer because that really shows just how deeply we know, that, that deep knowing that nothing stands in Hashem's way. And showing that deep knowing, how do we do that? By having a silent mind, by being calm and relaxed and knowing that we're being taken care of. Pasuk Gimel says, Shomea tefila adecha kalbasar yavau. Okay, adecha kalbasar yavau, all of mankind comes to you, Shomea tefila, the one who hears our tefilos. So it's interesting because we're saying here, kalbasar, every person comes to Hashem in order to, to get their tefilos answered, but Shomea tefila is in Lashon Yachet. Tefila, why doesn't it say Shomea tefilos? That he listens to all of our tefillos because we're saying kol basar. We're talking about all the people who are praying. And the Midrash explains that what happens is, is that let's say there's a vast variety of different prayers going on in different shuls and whatever it is. They're all being referred to here in the singular as shomea tefila because what happens is, is a special angel is assigned to gather all of these different tefillos from all the shuls and everywhere where people are davening. And he fashions all of these tefillos into one perfect request. And this perfect tefillah that he combines all of these beautiful tefillos into is ends up crowning Hashem with like a, a jeweled tiara. And that's why the word adecha is used here because it's from the word adi, which is a jewel, which means a jeweled tiara. So it's an interesting say, way of saying that the tefillos come to you. Adecha kalbasar yavau. It's an interesting way of lashon of saying everyone comes to you, but it's here specifically because adecha is from the word adi, which is the beautiful crown that's made up of all of the tefillos of Kal Yisrael that are combined into one perfect tefillah by this malach. Okay, the Mabit explains, why does it say kal basar? Every person right basar means flesh it's an interesting way of saying person and he explains that david is teaching us here that although some heretics claim that hashem only answers the tefillos that are connected with our soul that hashem only answers the things that we're asking that are benefiting our spirituality the reality is that david is here refuting that notion and he's saying hashem eagerly awaits every prayer that we have, even those that are concerned with matters of the flesh, with materialistic matters, with basar. Basar is flesh, with, with materialism. because and, and, and it's because of this, because Hashem cares about every single mundane matter that goes on in our life, every materialistic aspect of our life as well. Therefore, He was able to, He answered their tefillos and He ended the famine that was going on, the hunger that was going on in the land. And so that's why he specifically uses the Slashon in thanking Hashem for ending the famine. Pasuk Dalid says, Divrei Avonos Gavru Meni Pshainu Atasachaprim. Okay, he's saying here, Divrei Avonos Gavru Meni, my Avonos, my sins are overwhelming for me. They're greater than me. They're so much. Pshainu Atasachaprim, you Hashem forgive all of our Pshaim, all of our Avonos, all of our sins. 
So the question here is, again, we start off talking about singular. David is saying, Gavru many, my sins are too much for me. And he, we end off the Pasuk by him saying, Hashem, please forgive all of our sins. So what's going on here? So the Sfas Emes explains that being that David was the spiritual righteous leader of everyone, he was the heart of the nation because he sinned, his personal sin ended up causing the public to transgress. There was like a spiritual decline in the entire nation as a result of the sin that he committed. So he's saying here, Hashem, I sinned. That's he, First he's talking about himself personally. And then he's saying, please forgive all of our sins because since I sinned, everybody else is sinning also. And the lesson here for all of us is... You know, in our parenting, we, we're, we're or, or anywhere in our life, right? Where in your life are you the leader? Where are you the heart of the nation? Where are you the one that people are looking to? Because in whatever capacity you are offering that role, you're, you're serving as the leader. In whatever way you're serving as the leader, whatever setting, you have to know that your actions are the guide. That what you do... All the people who are looking up to you are going to say, okay, that's okay to do that. So if you're, let's say, you know, if you're a mother and you want your children to act a certain way, telling them what to do is way, way less effective, way less effective. It can't be compared to actually taking an action and doing it yourself. And I, I think I, I very much believe this and I, I maybe even to a fault, I, I play this out in my life with my parenting where I'm very careful not to tell people, not to tell the children what to do. Like I won't nudge them to daven and say over and over what to do. Instead, I'll make sure to do the things I want them to do in front of them so they see me doing it because that's ultimately how you really make an impact in their lives. So for example, like if I usually daven normally a little bit later in the morning because I have to get the kids off to school, and you know, I happen to see one of my children who I feel like they have to work on davening, or davening should be something that they should witness right now. So I'll take out my sitter and I'll start, I'll start, I'll start davening. Then, even though I could be busy with other things, making lunches or whatever, I'll make sure that that child sees me davening. Right. So whatever you want your children to do, let them see you doing it, rather than reminding them and being nudgy about it, so that they end up feeling like negative towards it. Let them learn by example. That's the most powerful way to do things. And David understood this, that because of his sin, everybody was brought down. So we want to do the opposite, right? We want to, we want to do the right thing and bring everybody up. Same goes for any other area of things you want to see improvements in. Technology, instead of telling them to put it away or stop it, you do it. Show them by example they're going to automatically want to follow and want to be like you. Lashon Hara, right? If they see you being careful, they're going to pick these things up by osmosis. It'll ultimately be so much easier for them to do themselves. Okay, Pasuk Vav. Nora'os betzedek ta'anenu. Answer us, whereas he's asking Hashem here, answer us with tzedek, with tzedek, with righteousness. Nora'os with your awesome might, with your with the, your awesome deeds. So to me, this these three words, nora'os betzedek ta'anenu, is the ultimate reason we say Tehillim to begin with. Why do we say Tehillim? 
We say Tehillim when nothing else is, seems to be working. When a person is needing a cure and so far we don't know what's going to be. We don't have a way of controlling the situation. When a, when a single has been going out for years and years and nothing's been going and we don't see a natural end to the situation. When a teenager is acting unruly and we tried everything in the book and we can't figure out what to do, we take out it to Helen. We take out it to Helen not when we know how to handle the situation. When it's time to throw up our hands and give up because we just don't know what to do anymore, that's when you open up the Tehillim. And that's what David's asking for here. No ra'os betzedek ta'anenu, answer us with your miracles. Answer us with your awesome deeds, with your might. And that's what we're, that's ultimately, that's, that's our intention. When we open up the Tehillim, we're saying, Hashem, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I, there's nothing here that I could accomplish on my own. I tried everything already. Now it's your turn. Okay, Pasuk Zion. Mechin harim bekocho nazar begvura. With his koach, with his power, with his might, he prepares the mountains. What does this mean? Rashi explains that although the mountains have like a, the mountainside has a rocky surface. It doesn't have a terrain that's conducive to planting and to growing and to bearing vegetation. But even so, Hashem is mechen harim bekocho. Hashem in his might, in his koach, he prepares the the ground on the mountainside in order so that even though the, the soil is poor, it can still produce vegetation. So here we're talking about the might of Hashem. He, he can do anything. He can take the most bleak situation and have it bear fruit. Nazar Bigvura, Hashem's might is readily available to him. It's he's girded with might. It's right there on him for whenever he needs to use it. And you know, let's take this lesson, this chizuk into our life. What in your life is the mountainous terrain? What is the rough terrain, the mountain that you're dealing with, where you're looking at that situation in your in your life and you're saying, it seems impossible. I don't know, I, I, I'm just going to, you know, you feel like you're going into a place of despair. It's really bringing you down. Remind yourself this Pasuk, Mechen Harim Bekocho. Hashem's going to take that mountain of yours and He's he's going to make flowers grow on it. He's going to make it beautiful. Nezar Begvura, because nothing is past His capability. Pasuk Ches, Mashbiach, Sha'on Yamim, Sha'on Galehem, Vahamon Le'umim. So David is saying here, Hashem stills the raging seas, the raging waves, and the tumultuous nations. So first of all, what's the connection between the waters, the the waves, and the nations? Why are the nations compared to waves of the ocean? So each wave, when you see, when you go to the ocean and you see the waves coming in, each one, as it's building up, it's you know, its strength and it's it's coming towards the shore. It builds up. It gets excited, right? I'm going to be the one. Each one, it's as if it's saying, I'm going to be the one to overflow the entire world, to engulf the earth, right? Because if you think about it, what a miracle. Why, why does the waves, why does the water stop when it comes to the shore? It's a huge ocean full of water. It should overflow. Right? The, the thing that makes sense is that it should just keep going and overflow the entire earth. How does it know to stop? What's making it stop? Do you see a dam there to stop it? Hashem, in his chesed and gavura, stops the water by the shore so that we could sit on the beach and have a beautiful vacation, so that we could walk around on dry ground and not drown in the ocean everywhere we go. So, you know, and the comparison is here to the nation's who, 
you know, how many people, how many nations of the world, each one of them, just like those waves, each one thought that I'm going to take over the, the, the Jewish people. I'm going to engulf the Jewish people and get rid of them, despite all the efforts that were previously for Noah, despite, despite all the predecessors that failed, I'm going to be the one. And so just like the, each wave thinks I'm going to be the one to flood the earth, each one of these nations, the Hanukkah story and the Purim story and the Holocaust, right? All of these people came and said, we're going to be the one to get rid of the Jews. We're going to convert them. We're going to change them. We're going to get rid of them. And each one failed. And we have to, we have to recognize, right? When we go to sleep at night and we lock our doors, what's stopping somebody from breaking through the window, right? What, why is it that we can go to sleep and feel safe falling into a deep sleep without a care in the world? And that's because of the chesed and the gvura of Hashem. That, you know, is it because there's no bad people out there who would want to get into your house? No. It's because Hashem is mashpiach she'on yamim. He controls the nations of the world. He controls people. He controls the waves. He protects us. And it's, it's something that we're noticing here, the, the chesed of this, and actively talking about it. Pasuk tes. The end of Pasuk Tess says, Motza'e Voker Ve'erev Tarnin. So when the Boker comes and when the Erev comes, we shout for joy. The Rashi explains when the every morning when the sun comes up, we say, how do we shout for joy? What's Erev Avoker Tarnin? We say the bracha every morning of Yotzer HaMa'oros that Hashem created the luminaries. And that's in the Boker, the Erev. And the Erev is when we say in Mariv, HaMariv Aravim. Blessed is Hashem who causes nightfall to descend. So this is what it's talking about here. We, we were praising Hashem every morning and every night for this steady, consistent routine of the luminaries that provide man with such a deep sense of security. You take care of the earth and you irrigate it. So it's talking about the earth here, right? Because we're talking about Hashem ending the hunger and bringing the rain and making the soil fertile. Um, but he, this is really also a metaphor for something else. What does it mean? It means Hashem gives us a chuka. A chuka is a deep yearning, a deep desire. So what is it saying here? At times, and very often in the busyness of our life, it's very easy for our love of God to become like dormant under layers of worries and material concerns and pursuits. It's very easy for us to feel like kind of disconnected from our spirituality. So how does Hashem reawaken the yearning, the chuka inside of us? How does He do it? Pakadita ha'aretz. He commands, pakad, He commands, He assigns the earth. What does that mean? That He gives us mitzvos. The mitzvos that we do, however tedious or difficult at times they may seem, we should recognize that they come from a place of Hashem wanting to us to keep us constantly spiritually connected with Him and having that loving, beautiful relationship and stay connected to spirituality. So the way Hashem awakens our desire is through giving us mitzvos. Okay, we're going to skip the next Pasuk. And we're going to go to Pasuk Yudbez. Itarta shnas tovosecha. Okay, so this, this is where... I'm going to bring out the tools that I want to teach you. You crown the earth with your bounty. 
Umagalecha yirafuandashen. Fatness is in your path, is soaked and is distilled in your path. So we're saying here basically what, what David is saying is that Hashem, your way is to be beravchos. You're the Zaidi that's taking everybody out for Afikoman presents and then for a delicious dinner afterwards and giving everyone what they want and sending everyone home happy with huge smiles on their face and full stomachs, right? You're the one. It, it's, it's you, Magalacha. Your path is dashen. It's fat. Fatness fills up your ways. You're, you crown the world with goodness and bounty and a lot of it. So we're, he's defining Hashem here as being an abundant God. So now, how do we experience this, right? We, not all of us are feeling this right now. We have different areas of our life where we're very much not feeling the abundance of Hashem. We're feeling lack. So how do we change the way we feel? Because we know that when we change the way we feel, then, we're cha- then we also change the reality. And very often, it's, hard, it's really very hard to do this. If somebody grew up in a situation where they never had money, and they were always struggling for, for it. They have deeply ingrained beliefs and feelings around money. And it's, it's not so simple. In order to get to a place of enjoying Shefa in your life, you would need to really uproot that seed that you have planted and that you've been watering for years and plant a different seed. Put a different thought and a different belief, belief there instead. So there's two different ideas that I'm going to give you to help you be a match for abundance. To help you create a situation in your life where you're feeling Hashem's dashen, right? You're feeling his the, the all of the richness and all of the good things that He wants to give you. In any situation, it could be money, it could be shidduchim, it could be health, it could be any whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're feeling like a feeling of scarcity. There's not enough. There's there, I I don't have enough money. I don't have. There's not enough boys out there. There's not enough jobs to be had. There's not enough. Uh, health in my body, whatever is going on for you, whatever the lack is, how do we create abundance there? So let's look at two different ideas. The first idea is that we have to change our beliefs. Like I said, there are deeply ingrained, rooted beliefs inside of us that are subconsciously fueling our lack, that are running our life without realizing it. So I want to help you right now to uncover what those beliefs could be and to actively and deliberately change the beliefs so that you can change your reality. It's incredible. It works incredibly. Now, first of all, some of you might be thinking, eh, I don't really believe in this stuff. How do you know it's true? Just as a quick example, one of my sons, he was literally born an entrepreneur. Like he came out of me already selling things. He he was always very business-minded and focused on all of the money that was coming his way and feeling it and and enjoying it and he's money-minded kid now everybody comes over to him and says things like oh one day i'm gonna invest with you or one day you're gonna be supporting your mother or you're gonna be a rich guy one day right everybody comes over and says these things to him now how do they know right how could they predict the future and the answer is that they know that he's gonna be a wealthy man because he knows that he's going to be a wealthy man. And we all subconsciously know the MS, the truth of the fact that it's what we believe that dictates our reality. Hashem Tzilcha, Hashem is our shadow. He looks into your heart. What are you wanting? What are you believing you could have? Do you believe in my ability to do anything? Or are you closing yourself off? It's our beliefs that create our reality. So 
how do we do this? Let's, I want to give you a step-by-step, a four-step process to uncover those beliefs and to change them. Okay. So number one, ask yourself, what am I lacking? What do I not have in my life, right? What's that area of life that I'm feeling a little bit like, oh, when am I going to get this? Step two, take a pen and paper and write down what are some of the beliefs that I could be carrying that could be fueling this lack in my life. So let's just go with money because that's the simplest thing to go with. Let's say a person's lacking money. A lot of, so many of us are walking around feeling this lack, right? Even those people who are wealthy, they have to sustain a wealthier lifestyle. That also takes a lot of money, right? Not always do they have that. So this is very common to really everyone, wealthy, rich, poor, anyone, middle class, everybody is, is, is feeling a certain lack when it comes to money. So what beliefs could be fueling it? Okay, so you would write down things like, the t- you know, what could you be believing? Maybe you're believing that the type of work that you do is not conducive to making a, a good salary. Like, I'm good at teaching and teaching doesn't make money, so I'm stuck, right? Or maybe you're believing that in order to get by, you have to really struggle. And that's just been your story. And so that you're carrying that belief that if I'm not struggling, I'm not getting by. I have to suffer in order to make, to make I have to work my tail off in order just to make ends meet. If that's what you believe, then that's what, that's how your your reality will play out. I never have enough, right? What, what are the beliefs that are keeping you stuck? Step three, ask yourself the question, what would I need to believe to create a new story? To change, right? Things have been going the same. Why do things go the same year after year after year? Because your beliefs have remained the same year after year after year. How do you change the story? Like I said, uproot the seed and plant a new one. What do I want to? What do I choose to plant there instead? A lot of people have a lot of resistance to this because that hasn't been my experience. So how could I start believing that? And the answer is, you could start to believe whatever you decide to believe, and whatever you do decide to believe, Hashem will then bring proof in your life to prove that that's true, and then you will have an easier time getting on board with that new belief over time. So even if you don't believe it right now, because that hasn't been your experience, know that just by deciding to impose a new belief into your psyche that you're going to change your reality and you're going to already start seeing new things to come and back it up. So what would you need to believe instead? So maybe you would need to believe that there are endless ways for me to make money doing what I love. Or money shows up for me whenever I need it. Pick something that feels good, that makes you feel expanded, that opens you up, that makes you feel awesome. And say it to yourself and write it down and remind yourself about it whenever you're going back into that feeling of lack. Now, if you're really not on board with it and it's so off to you, then I would say that it's very important. Step four, right, is very important. And what's step four? Look for things to back it up. What in my life so far has proven this new belief to be true? How do I know that money shows up for me when I needed it? Maybe I couldn't figure out how to pay a tuition bill and somehow it just happened. Or maybe I won money at a Chinese auction. What happened in your life that showed you that Hashem is not letting you down? He's there for you and he's sending you what you need. And then going forward, every time something happens that makes you feel that feeling of I'm being taken care of, things show up for me, pay attention to it. Notice it and reaffirm your new belief to yourself. Okay, so these four steps. What, am I, what, is it, what is it that I'm lacking? What beliefs 
could I be carrying that are fueling this lack? Uh, what would I need to believe instead? Okay, so replace those beliefs. And number four is look for things to back it up from your past. And going forward, look for the evidence that Hashem is supporting your new belief. Okay, so that's one very important way of changing our patterns of feeling like we don't have enough and the desperation and all that. The second idea is basically what I told you all the way at the beginning of this class. I gave you an idea about my piano, right? I told you what I did. And I think it's a really nice thing for all of us to do. Pick a, take a day that you're just not feeling so hot, right? You're not feeling great one day. And take that day and say, you know what? I'm not feeling great. I want to get into a better emotional state. I'm going to make a list of all the things that I want to have in my life. Just making that list and get specific, right? Your 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 baby grand piano, it's white lacquered and it's in the corner of your living room and it's looking stunning. Get specific. What exactly do I want? Number one. Number two, right? I want to go on a family trip and I want it to be to this place and I want to get, get excited. Get into it. Allow yourself to dream. Allow yourself to want. Give yourself permission to validate those things that are you're burying and stuffing down because they're not so important. Write a list of them. You'll feel so amazing. It'll up your mood. And also, it will leave you with a, like a, re, a renewed trust. It will remind you and it will be like a great show of your deep knowing that Hashem is wanting to give you, that He's full of chesed and gvura, that He can give you, He has the means to give you and the desire to give you, and that you're being taken care of. It'll put you in a good mood. And it will draw the things that you want into your life. So just to review, we want to do the step-by-step changing our beliefs. And we want to also validate our desires and write them down in detail to get into a better mood and to draw it in. Thank you so much for listening.